0: This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. I want you to use your imagination for just a minute this morning. Just for a minute, I want you to imagine that you're in heaven. And this is Sunday, right? And that means people all over the world have gathered in places like this to seek after God. You know, that captures heaven's attention. And I just wonder if from time to time God doesn't sit, just kind of call a time out in heaven and kind of shush everybody and say, listen to this. Maybe He did that as we were singing that song. Let the peace of Christ reign. You know, it was Jesus who said, My peace I leave with you. I got a little kick out of Justin as he introduced that song. He used the word. We have a wonderful way of taking what we consider negative words and replacing them with ones that don't seem quite so negative. For instance, we love to call sins shortcomings. Because it doesn't sound nearly as bad as God, I just sinned there. Somehow I fell a little short or, you know, oops, or something along that line. And we know that God says, don't worry. That's a very unchristian thing to do. But we do have angst, right? That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not really. What a great thing. Jesus said, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Two years ago, that was a verse that God gave me for my entire year. I was just praying to him at the beginning of the year, and I knew we had a lot on the plate, and it was was, uh, acquiring this building and building it out and trying to make... All the finances of all that stuff work and all the logistics of that work and moving the office over here and eventually bringing the church here and putting together the the construction crews and all those things. And as you might guess, you know, I looked at that and it seemed just a little daunting and overwhelming. And in the midst of praying about that, God said, I have a verse for you and I want it to be your verse for the whole year. And it was, let the peace of Christ reign in your heart. And when I would find myself starting to fill up with worry and anxiousness, and as Justin said, angst, I would pause and I would take the time to say, Lord Jesus, I want your peace to reign in my heart right now. It was life-changing for me. God gave me another verse the year after that. And it was, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And uh, so I don't know what the verse might be that God would give you for this year. Uh, But you know something? We're here to talk about connecting with God. And nothing will make God seem more distant from your life than turmoil and anxiety and chaos. And yet it's often in the middle of turmoil and anxiety and chaos that God gets our attention. Isn't that right? yeah. And so, uh, kind of no matter where you are, if the peace of Christ is reigning in your heart and in your life, this morning is a morning to connect with God. And maybe there's tumult and chaos everywhere in your life. It's still a morning to connect with God. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. So I want to welcome you. I want to welcome you back. And none of us were here last week. I can't very often say that on Sunday morning. But none of us were here last week. Many of us were gathered at the fairgrounds with, with uh, about a, a dozen other churches. And uh, somewhere between 1,500 and 2,000 people were gathered there. It was an awesome time. I know if you were there, you know it was an awesome time. And one of the guys who was there shot a little video and uh, put it together for us. So take a look, a, little, a look back at what took place last week. a historic moment. I mean, it was really an amazing opportunity for all these churches. We're all coming together corporately to diminish our separate names and lift up the idea of one name being the name of Jesus. The sense of connectedness was at a level that I hadn't seen before, and all I heard everybody talking about was just the blessing of being one. We're a presence in Petaluma, and to see people encouraged in that pretty cool. I think they were looking around going, this is our family. This is this is the body of Christ. It makes you feel wonderful, like you're a part of something that is amazing. This is the church Jesus sees every Sunday morning. I'm glad I get to see it the way he does. This reflects the heart of Christ. I, I, I'm sure the Lord is smiling today. God is celebrating right now because all of us are coming together as one. There's rejoicing in ways that we can hardly even imagine. The heavenlies have been moving, and we're getting in concert with the heavenlies. I think God's loving it. Oh, I think he's got a big smile on his face. His glory's raining down on us. Just smiling down and loving it. It's an amazing thing. As we worship, uh, we're joining with heaven, and God's name is being glorified. Our mandate is to bring glory to God. I just felt like it was God saying, yes! about church. It's about me. It's about me. We can bring the glory of God to Petaluma. So wasn't that fun? That was an awesome time. That was really an awesome time. And if you weren't there, you missed out on it. But the good news is we're going to do it again next year. So you got another year to to hang on and and, and become part of that. We have, uh, boy, every indication that this particular sermon series is going to change a lot of people's lives. And uh, if the first uh, Sunday in this series was any indicator, um, it's bound to do that. So whether this is your first time here or you were here two weeks ago, um, boy, we just invite you to jump on the merry-go-round and get on with God. So uh, take the sermon notes, the half sheet of sermon, fill-in-the-blank kind of sermon notes out of your program, and uh, here we go. Let's jump right into the core teaching. We're talking about the rhythms of life. And as we learned last week, a rhythm is, a, is something that recurs at regular intervals. And so we're talking about the things that need to recur in our life at regular intervals. And actually, we've looked at historically, leaders of the church of Jesus have recognized that there are six basic rhythms to walking with God. And each one of these, if it occurs in our life at regular intervals, will draw us closer to God. And if any one of these is absent from our life, then it's like hearing a song that has one of the parts missing. Kind of the song is still there, but the more parts that are missing, the less fulfilling and beautiful the song is. So this morning, we're going to take a look at the first and most important rhythm of all of them, and that is the rhythm of connection. So here's our first core Bible teaching. Here it is, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. That's a short verse. Let's read it together. Ready? Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. What does that mean in plain English? Well, here's, here's our first teaching that I want you to, to know and understand. God offers us both a promise and a privilege of connecting with Him. It, it's pretty forthright in that, in that Scripture. God gives an open invitation. And that open invitation is, no matter who I am, no matter where I am, if, if this morning I will draw near to Him, what will God do? God will draw near to me and that becomes a point of connection. Now here's what I want you to see. Perhaps some in our audience are miles away from God and just beginning to look into God. So we're way out here. But you know what God says? Even if we start way out here, if we draw near to God, He will draw near to us. And when we leave this morning, we will be closer to God Than when we came. Now let's just suppose. That some of us are right here. We're we're pretty close with God. And so the deal is. God says. If you draw near to me. I will draw near to you. That's an open invitation. That fits every single person. In this room. You know what God's saying. Kind of in. Modern day speech. God's saying. Do you want to get tight? with me. You can And there are some people who are tight with God. One of the phrases that Bob often uses when he speaks to us is pressing in to God. I like to think about that because there's some real value in the concept of pressing in. You see, drawing near to God is not not like falling off a log. Anybody can do it. Yes, anybody can, but it requires effort. It's it's a pressing in. It, it, well the second thing I would say is it's a choice. It's not just automatic. But the great thing is the choice is open to everybody. It means that every day when I get up, I have a choice and I can press into God. I can draw near to God and God will draw near to me. And if I do that and I do it often enough and I do it frequent enough, I will end up being tight with God. But if I just let that slip in my life, And I neglect it. And I get up and I've got other things to do. And I've got places to go and people to see. And God just kind of, you know, if He wants to tag along back there, that's up to Him. Well, guess what? God doesn't tag very well. Does that make sense? If you were God, would you tag along behind people who were too busy for you? No. And yet God doesn't do that. He waits for us to draw near. But if I will enact that promise, God can be, God is faithful. You know that. He can be counted on that when God says, if you draw near to me, what's He going to do? Draw near to us. Once in a while or every time. What do you think? Every time. I had fun greeting people this morning with this simple little phrase God's going to show up. I'm glad you came. Because you know something? That's the deal. That's what church is. And when we come, and we literally, in our hearts and minds, choose to draw near to Him, He comes near to us. It's that open invitation. God says, I give you a promise and a privilege of connecting with Me. The second core teaching is this. I will live in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be My people. I will welcome you. I will be a father and you will be my sons and my daughters, says whom? Says whom? Who? The Lord. What's that next word? Wow. You know what that word almighty means on the end? See, a lot of times, especially since... Most of us have grown up in the United States of America and we are surrounded by Christianity and we're surrounded by the concepts of Christianity. Even if we didn't go to a church when we were small, we, we end up, it's part of our culture and, and kind of rightfully so because it's how our country was founded. But, but we don't recognize just the amazing things that Christianity offers to us. If I said to you, next Sunday, President Obama will be here in church, the crowd would be huge. Some of you might not come. I understand that too. Depends upon how you voted. Or how you would vote today, maybe. But that being set aside, the fact that the President of the United States would choose to come to church here would influence many people across our city and they would come here to meet with President Obama, but it's obvious that they don't come here regularly to meet with the Lord. And that word Almighty means the Lord of Heaven's armies. Think about that. You see, sometimes we just don't get it. So some things I, we can think about, we kind of know them here, but they kind of don't ever sink in down here. Now, here's, here's what God says. God invites us. He offers us the wonderful opportunity. He invites us to become His family. Wow. Wow. I can be adopted into God's family and God will be my father and he invites me to be his son and he invites my wife to be his daughter that Monica and I can get up in the morning and we can, and we can pray to God and pray to him as our loving father and he knows us and cares for us just like a father cares for his son or his daughter. I think that's hard for us to get to. But I want you to wrap your mind around it a little bit this morning if you can. I spent an hour and a half yesterday with two very, very dear friends from our city, and many of you know them. Forrest and Pep Brandon it was their 26-year-old daughter who was killed in an automobile accident earlier this week. And I took over some flowers, and and they said, could you come in? And I came in, and and we sat down at the dining room table and they went in the other room and they brought some pictures and laid them out in front of me and began to go over with me the story of their daughter's life. We laughed, we cried, we prayed. But among all the things that we did, there was something that you could not miss Boy, there is a special bond between a father and a mother and every child. There's no doubt in my mind that Forrest and Pep are Lindsay's parents. Now here's what God says. I will be your father and you will be my son's And my daughters. You ever sit and wonder, does God really care about what happens in my life? Ask any father. Ask any mother. You know, there are points of connection that are so wide open and available to us. But I think oftentimes, instead of drawing near to God, we get consumed with all the stuff of life. And we pick up, if we pick it up, we pick up our daily devotional, we throw a couple of minutes God's direction and think, got that done and out of the way, ready for the day. Right? Yeah, I know, we all do that from time to time. God says, I'll welcome you. You'll be my sons and you'll be my daughters. How important is that? You know what I wrote down in my notes? Oftentimes, the people who are powerful and the people who are famous in our culture kind of don't mingle with the common folk. Have you noticed that? They kind of keep to themselves and they're reserved, and there's definitely a line that's drawn between the people who are allowed to mix and mingle with them and the people who are only allowed to observe from a distance. But you know what God says? There's no lines in my world. Anyone can mix and mingle with God. That's pretty cool, isn't it? That's awesome. It's that point of connection. Now here's a third passage I want to take us to. And that is this. God said, this is way back in the very first chapter of the Bible. God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like ourselves. So God created human beings in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. Do you know what that says about you and about me? It says we have God's nature in us. I want you to think about this for a minute. Because we use some phrases that kind of communicate this. We we meet somebody and immediately we're drawn to them. And you know what we're drawn to them? Oh, I come home, I say to Monica, you know, I met this guy. Man, I like being around him. And the more we talked, listen to this, the more we had in common. You ever catch yourself saying that? He likes to golf. What's there not to like about him? Right? Yeah. And you know what? He's got a wood shop out behind his house. I like that guy. And, and, and the comparisons just go on and on. And in fact, I'll use the phrase, man, we just hit it off. Now, I want you to go back to this passage. I want you to look at it for just a minute. What does it say that God did? He created us how? In His own image. You know what it means? It means that if we'll take the time to get next to God, we will realize that there's something inside of God that we have in common. It's a nature. Now, friends, that's pretty astounding. That's really astounding. But what it means is even more astounding. And here's the point I want you to get out of that. And that is the basic beat of every healthy life is the rhythm that connects our hearts and life with God's. Do you know you have a basic beat in your life? You have a basic rhythm about you. There's a basic rhythm in your soul. And if you tune into that, you're going to find out that the that the beat, the heartbeat of your life is the same as the heartbeat of God's life because you were created in his image. And the more you tune into that heartbeat, the more you will love life, the healthier you will be as you go through this life and the better you will live in this life. That message is on every page of the Bible in one form or another. And as we explore that through this entire series of sermons, I want you to understand that's the basic principle of all of it. And that is, I want to help you, I want to help me get in touch with the basic rhythms of life because they are the rhythms that will draw us near to God. And as we draw near to God, He what? He draws near to us and that's how we connect with Him. And that's when life is good. And that's when the peace of Christ reigns in our life. And that's when we realize this is the day the Lord has made and we can rejoice and be glad in it and find happiness and joy in it regardless of what happens because our heart is in tune with the One who made us and the one in whose home and presence we will eventually live because we were designed to live there. Wow. I want to give you a proximity principle. And while we put that up on the screen, I want to tell you something. Why is it then that we struggle if the basic beat of our heart is the same as the basic beat of God's heart? Wouldn't it just be natural that we would be drawn together? Yes, my friends, it is natural, but we also have another nature. It's our fallen nature that is very, very discordant with God's nature. It runs counter to God's nature. It sends a competing beat in our life. And I can tell you, it's so easy to get tuned into our fallen nature. And that, friends, is the struggle in life. It's why every day when you get up, you have a desire to do both what is wrong and what is right. Think about it. It probably wasn't all that long ago you were sitting in your favorite chair or on your favorite couch or you were in your favorite bed. And this conversation took place. I should do this. But that would mean I would actually have to get up. (laughs) You remember that conversation? And you sat there debating the virtues of staying where you were or getting up and doing what you knew you should do. Now, that's a little humorous, but it gets a little more serious when we actually live that out in life. It's that basic conflict between my fallen nature, which doesn't want to do what I should do, and the nature of God within me, which always wants me to do what I should do. Now here's the proximity principle. The closer we draw to God, the more His rhythm becomes ours. But the farther we wander from Him, the more our rhythm becomes that of what? Our fallen nature. That's the essence of life. That's what God lays out before us. And so he says, draw near to me. Because as we draw near to him, we can tune into his rhythm, and we do. And his rhythm becomes the rhythm of our life. So I want to give you three avenues of connection. And then as we end this sermon, I'm going to give you kind of the three basic rhythms that God has put in your life and mine to help us connect. Here are the three avenues of connection. Number one, connecting with God himself. Did you know God gives you the opportunity to have what I call the direct connection? In fact, here's what he says. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and loving, loving toward all he has made. I want you to underline that in your notes. God is loving toward all that he has made. Now, what's What's the primary illustration of God's love for you in this passage? He goes on to say what it is. The Lord is, what's the next word? Near to all who what? Call. That sounds like draw near to God and what? He will draw near to you, to all who call on His name, to all who call on Him in truth. I wrote a very simple note in, in my, on my notes and it says this. I cannot get this through my mom. Oh, pastor, I had the most wonderful, godly mom. She went to church every Sunday. And I want to say, so what does that mean about you? I don't usually say that, all right? But I am saying that to you this morning, okay? You can't draw near to God through your mom. You can't draw near to God through your grandma. And yes, you can't even draw near to God through your pastor, I know there are churches that say, trust the pastor. You come, the pastor is a godly man. So you come and you get your virtue from your pastor and let the pastor get it from God. Well, you did not hear that here. Because friends, you can't get any virtue from me. I don't have enough virtue for myself. Does that make sense? I got all the same struggles that you have. I'm every bit as human as you have. I don't have any to give away. If you don't believe me, you ask the Lord. He'll tell you that. I'm working on that guy. Yeah. You see, God wants you to directly connect with him. So he says to you, you call on me. And God says, I'll connect with you. I'll be there. I will be near to you as you draw near to me. Now, here's a second avenue of connection, and it's just as important, and that is this. We need to connect with God's people. You know, when you start getting near to God and the rhythm of his heart starts to become the rhythm of your heart, guess what? The things that are most important to God become what to you? Most important to you. Absolutely. Well, I can tell you, you can take everything that exists on the earth, above the earth, under the earth, in the earth, and any other preposition you want to put in front of it. Okay? The most important thing anywhere to God is what? People. We were created to be His sons and His daughters. Friends, you can come and destroy my car. You can come and destroy my house. I'll be disappointed. But don't touch my family. I can rebuild my house. I can rebuild my car. But if you do something to my family, now you've hit at the very core of who I am. Where did we get that? We were made in whose image? In God's image. God says you can destroy my world and I can rebuild that. You can destroy kind of anything else. But man, when you, when you start touching my family, now you mess with the most important thing I ever made. Those are my kids. Wow. So you know, it's not just coming to church, although that's a great thing. But one of the dangers, one of the real dangers that, that all Christians face is the danger of believing that the only people who are God's family are the people who are here. You know that neighbor? The one who curses and swears at you and does his best to make life miserable for you? Guess what? I, I, I know he doesn't often sound like it or act like it, but he was created to be God's son. He just doesn't know it. Wow. You know, connecting with God's people. Now, here's, here's what the Apostle John said after he was in three years of intensive training by Jesus himself. He said, we love... Why? Because he first, you know, if God didn't love you, you wouldn't know how to love. That's the truth. And you will, if you live long enough, you will come to understand that what you really know of love is best demonstrated by looking at what God has done for us and how he interacts with us. And then you'll learn how to love. And he goes on to say, now, if anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a what? You know, John wasn't into the nice, gentle-sounding words that you and I are. You know, we would say, if anyone says that, he struggles with the truth. (laughs) What does John say? He's a what? Liar. He goes on to say, for anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. Why? Because how could you say, oh, I love God, but I hate the people that were created in His image? That doesn't add up. He goes on to say, he has given us this command, whoever loves God must also love his brother. So my challenge to all of us in this week is that we might connect, lovingly connect with the people in God's world. And can I put this word in there? All of the people in God's world. Now you're not going to interact with all of them this week. But you do have an obligation and the opportunity to lovingly connect with and interact with all of the people who come your way this week. And then, of course, I would say to you, don't just make that a one-week deal, correct? Let's learn how to lovingly connect with the people of God's Word. Then the third thing is we have the opportunity to actually connect with God's world. Now, I don't have time to get into the whole theology of it and to show you how it works its way through Scripture, but the Bible makes it very clear that there's a wonderful connection between God, God's people, and the world that God made. And the Bible's very clear that the world is God's loving creation created as the atmosphere and the culture and the dwelling place for God's family. Whether you rent a house, buy a house, or build a house. I do know this. That you always do it with your family in mind. Am I right about that? Yeah. And you want to know, is this the best environment that I can possibly afford for my family right now? Is there room in here? For our kids. Is this the kind of house. That my wife will enjoy. Living in. And when Monica and I went out. To look for homes. She would automatically think. Is this the kind of place. That Ron would like to live. Because we always pick out. Dwelling places for our family. Now what did we learn earlier. We were created to be God's family, and the earth is the house that He made for His kids. No wonder when you go to Yosemite, you think, whoa, that's breathtaking. You know why? God said, this is for my kids. Watch this. And when you're God, you can make some pretty stunningly outstanding things. You you watch Extreme Makeover? Yeah. Those, Ty and those guys, don't they love to just blow away the families? Of course they do. Well, think if Ty was actually God or had the power that God had. Not to govern the world, God knows. We'd be in trouble if Ty was actually God. But (laughs) if Ty had unlimited power, it just, oh, well, here's God. was just a dwelling place for my kids. Friday morning, Monica and I got up. And after we had taken care of a few things, we packed a picnic, we jumped in the car, and we took off driving, and we drove up 101 and got off on Dry Creek Road, might be Gulch, I can't remember, anyhow, something like that. And we started heading up toward Lake Sonoma, and we wound our way through the vineyards, and, and it was just stunningly beautiful, and stopped to take pictures of flowers and, and verdant just flourishing grapevines with huge clusters of grapes. And we got up to Lake Sonoma where Monica had never been before. And it was a crystal clear day and the lake was deep blue. And it was just stunningly beautiful. And we climbed the mountains that surround uh, Lake Sonoma and got all the way up to a, a really beautiful viewpoint up there and, and just got out and walked around and breathed deeply in tried to take in everything our eyes could take in. Why? Did God have to make those mountains? No. Did He have to make the sky such a beautiful blue? No. Did He have to make the water to where it would reflect the blue of the sky? No. Did He have to make the green of the oak trees And the pine and the fir trees. A soft and beautiful green. No, it actually could have been neon. (laughs) Right? Yeah. But God made the world wonderful. It's His gift to us. Wow. So you know what the Bible says? The heavens proclaim the glory of God. And the skies display His craftsmanship. Now here's what I want you to see. God placed us in this wonderful world and there are His fingerprints, footprints, handprints. They're everywhere. The presence of God is in this earth. And we have the opportunity to tune in to what God's doing Or we can just fly right on by, space it out, and never tune in. Now here's what God says in His Word. Day after day, the creation of God continues to speak. Night after night, they make Him known. And you can hear someone say, what? I didn't hear that. He goes on to say, they speak without a what? A sound or a word. Their voice is never heard, but what? Yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world you want to draw near to God put it on your calendar take some time go for a drive get in a beautiful place and you don't have to drive far to get in a beautiful place from here and just take some time to look at God's world say God thanks and you make the best place. So, as we close, I want to give you a couple thoughts. Okay? And the first is this I want to draw your attention to the mission statement of this church. Because it reads pretty simply New life exists to, what's the next word? To connect. To connect people to whom? To God and others. Boy, that's why we come to church, that's why we are a church. Is so that you and I might connect with God, that we might really connect with Him. And so I wasn't just pulling your leg when I said to you this morning as I greeted you on the way in, God's going to show up. I'm glad you're here because He really is here and He really is waiting for us to draw near. I want to give you three basic rhythms that are found in God's world In fact, the first rhythm, you don't even have to get off the first page of your Bible to get. And it's the rhythm of days. And in fact, just a few verses into the Bible, it says this, And the evening and the morning were the, if you read it, what does it say? The evening and the morning were the first day. There it is. It was God's idea to set up the earth with days. That's a basic rhythm. You, you can still stay on that same page in your Bible, and it will say this: "So in six days God created all that He made, and on the seventh day He rested." And guess what? There are any more than seven days in a what? In a week. On the first page of your Bible, there are days, and there are weeks. Now you move a little bit further on and you find out that God also set up a thing called years. And when God set up his ancient people, the nation of Israel, God set up something and I want you to tune into it because I want all of us to know and understand this, that when God set up this, his ancient people, the nation of Israel, he purposely set up a daily connection, a weekly connection and a yearly connection with him because he knew those were basic rhythms of our life. And I want to share with you that if you really want to draw near to God and you want to tune into the rhythm of his heart and you want the beat of his heart to be the beat of your heart, then you will connect with God daily, you will connect with him weekly, and you will connect with him annually. And what does that look like? Well, it looks like this. God says every day when you get up, I'm here, I'm waiting for you to connect. And so I would challenge you as a pastor, every day have a daily point of connection with God. You need it. It's part of the rhythm of your soul. I think it works best for most people to do it in the morning, but you don't have to. Just do it sometime during the day and make it a meaningful point of connection. And if you've been around this church very long, you know that one of my pet peeves is the little devotional called God's Minute. Minute. Because there's so much about that that's the opposite of what God would want, all right? But have a point of daily connection with God, at least one. If you don't know how to do that, write it on your card and we'll have a pastor sit down with you and help you and help train you in how you can daily meet with God. Then a weekly connection with God. Did you know that's why God made church? He wasn't some pastor or some priest who sat down somewhere and said, I think, by golly, it would be a good idea to have a church and have a church service and do it at least once a week. That didn't come from a pastor or a priest or a cleric anywhere. That came from God. It was God who set up. And if you look at how he set up his ancient people, they had that. They had a Sabbath. How often does a Sabbath occur? Every what? Every week, yeah. Yeah. So a weekly meeting, point of connection with God. And then an annual point of connection with God. Actually, if you study how God set up his ancient people three times a year, he asked them all to come to Jerusalem for a special time. And I would suggest and have long suggested that every Christian take an annual retreat that lasts at least a half a day, preferably a whole day, where you put it on your calendar and you just get with God. And you give God the opportunity to speak into your life about anything that He wants to speak into your life about. And if you don't know how to do that, put that on your card. And and I'll sit down and show you what I do in my life. Because I, I can tell you, friends, I would not trade that for anything. Days, weeks, and years. Wonderful rhythms. Wonderful points of connection with God, with His people and with his world. Put all that together, and you're going to get what you have in this next song. And I want you just to sit back and enjoy. The song's going to be signed. It's going to be sung as well. But it is the prayer of our hearts, and that is that our life song would sing to him.